trade efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 73, we have joining us Seth Clevenger. He's managing editor of Transport Topics, where we talk about the role of the trade press in informing industry leaders, facilitating conversations and sparking discussions. He also talks about his career as a journalist and what's changed for him in reporting on the trucking industry. He comments on the transformational times trucking is in and encourages everyone in trucking to be open to all of the new possibilities. Today we have joining us Seth Clevenger. He's the managing editor at Transport Topics, and I'm I'm really excited to have you on today, Seth, and thanks for joining us. Of course, great to be on the podcast, and it's always good to chat. Yeah, so I always ask, you know, how we met, because this is uh, titled <laughs> Nackies, Mike Roth, and Friends, and uh, I don't know if, if uh, now we're up over 70 of these, so I don't know if folks like yourself that are uh, you know, I'm guessing you're expecting the question. So have you thought about it? Do you remember uh, how we met? You know, I went back and looked and, you know, I couldn't quite pinpoint, but I'm, I imagine it was surely at, at a trade show, probably at a press conference at maybe TMC or Mid-America uh, over the years. You know, I've been at Transport Topics now for almost 12 years now. Uh, so it would have been that time frame, probably 2011, 12. Yeah, it's been that long. Um, yeah, I do remember... Uh, one of the things I used to do was try to get over to the uh, American Trucking Association's offices where y- you guys were in, in uh, what was it in Arlington? Yeah, that's right. You know, until recently, the uh, you know HQ was was in the Boston neighborhood of of Arlington, kind of just outside the uh, outside of the district. So you know, as we started NACFI, we brought Denise Rondini on um, very early, and uh, uh, she was recommended actually from uh, a dealer principal out in the West, um, Kyle Treadway. And I remember uh, in my first conversations with Denise and telling her what we wanted NACV to become, she said, you know, Mike, uh, I'm glad we're connected because you need to, you know, you need the trucking editors, you need the media to really uh, make the impact you want to make, help you tell your stories or help you tell the learnings you're getting on these technologies and so forth. Man, was she ever right? She's writing a lot of things, so she's sure right there. Um, so no, I, I, I've got, I've come to know all of you guys pretty well. Occasionally, sometimes I, I feel like maybe even NACFI is in the media group. Um, but we're also, um, you know, um, outside of it, but, um, yeah, it's good to have you guys as, as, as real friends. I mean, tell me a little bit about that sort of trucking editor club, if you will. Um, uh, how, how do you guys work together? I mean, we'll get into some more details, I'm sure, but uh i've always been impressed with uh with the group yeah it is a really good core um in the you know the trade press that covers the trucking industry uh see many of the same faces of course at uh some of the big shows uh, in the industry some of the big press events we're competitors um but at the same time we're all in a sense kind of in it together we're all in our own way part of the transportation industry part of the trucking industry forming uh industry leaders, especially decision makers on the key trends and uh, issues and regulations and technologies that they need to be aware of to, to run their businesses effectively. Right. Uh, so you know, we kind of have that shared mission, even though we're, we're competitors. Denise is, is great. Been working with her, of course, uh, for probably on and off for most of my duration at Transport Topics. And I think that a group like uh, NACFI, of course, uh, is a great resource for uh, us in the you know, the industry, you know, trade media, uh, as we want to understand some of these big trends and 
Uh, of course, snack fees right at the heart of one of the biggest ones we see right now, which is sustainability. And it's uh, amazing how that conversation has changed as well from, say, 10 years ago to, to where we are now with battery electric trucks now entering the market in, in small numbers. But, uh, of course, that was not a topic at all a decade ago. We're looking very closely at natural gas, but uh, it, it is amazing how uh, how far the industry has come in just the last decade. Yeah, and I got to believe in your work. Um, when you spend a particular amount of time on a topic, the industry's kind of looking at that and saying, hey, you know, everyone in the industry should pay attention to this or that, whether it's, like you said, battery electric or natural gas or automation or different things. So you are in many ways, um, you know, helping to to lead the trucking industry into its future. And, you know, there's a lot on our plate right now, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs bringing products and ideas and and, um, you know, regulators thinking they know what the future is like, as well as a lot of others. So um, you're a key part of that. Um, is it, do you feel that responsibility? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, you know, we're, we're facilitators. We're, we're providing information that's important for, for managers in our industry to understand and think about. Uh, in many cases, we're facilitating that conversation. Uh, you know, I think that you know, when I think of our role at Transport Topics, uh, yes, it's to inform what are the breaking news, what's the breaking news, you know, what are the regulations that are being discussed, uh, what's happening on Capitol Hill, uh, what are the technologies that are emerging and, and we're starting to see uh, potentially entering the marketplace. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, I mean, there's uh, uh, what I hope for is that uh, our readers, our subscribers and, and those who, who read us online at ttnews.com, uh, it sparks ideas and it sparks conversations, you know, within the C-suite, you know, at companies. Uh, hopefully we are, you know, fueling the conversation, you know, that the, the real decision makers in our industry uh, need to have to lead their businesses forward and lead the industry yeah. forward. You know, it's a critical industry and, you know, we, you know, take that role very seriously. I mean, I certainly do think about that a lot. Um, you know, I enjoy you know, conversations um, I have with our readers, um, you know, when I bump into them on the road or uh, get a call or you know, whatever the case may be, uh, to have those kind of conversations. And I'm always curious, you know, what they find, you know, to be the most valuable, what helps them the most. I kind of dove in pretty deep, pretty quick there with uh, challenging <laughs> you on your responsibility to the industry. Uh, let's let's uh, let's bring it sort of back up a level. I mean, how did you how did you find yourself doing this? I mean, um, I noticed in your bio that you graduated from Miami of Ohio. I grew up really close to that to that school in south uh, you know southwestern Ohio. Um, but yeah. um, tell us about your background and and what yeah. what landed you here and and doing yeah, this work. Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, I kind of stumbled into it. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Ohio. I grew up in, in Northwest Ohio, um, family farm, uh, not terribly far from the Indiana line. Uh, near Lima, I guess Lima, Ohio is the, the closest city of any size uh, right off of um, you know, I-75. I uh, went to school in Miami, Ohio, close to Cincinnati and beautiful part of the country. Actually, I'd uh, love to go back there for college reunions uh, once in a while, which reminds me that I'm overdue for that. I need to, to round up the college guys uh, again here at some point to, to go back there. It's been a few years. Uh, but I went to school, um, kind of settled into the journalism track uh, at Miami, you know, worked for the, you know, did some freelance work for the uh, student newspaper and also some area, you know, local newspapers. 
um, you know, in Oxford, Ohio, and uh, in Hamilton, Ohio, uh, just to kind of get my start and uh, found that I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, one thing I like about journalism, about you know, writing for you know, news publications is that every day is a little bit different. Uh, you, you never you never have time to be bored uh, because you're too busy for one and everything's a little bit there's, there's always something new, something different. Um, so I, after school, I uh, ended up moving out to Delaware for six years, my first job out of school working for a chain of local newspapers. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I thought it was going to be a shorter uh, stop than it was. I ended up staying, you know, staying there for six years, kind of weathering the, the Great Recession uh, when, you know, certainly jobs in the newspaper industry were pr pretty few and far between. Uh, but I eventually wanted to, to relocate to the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I also wanted to get into the trade press because I always liked covering business. I always liked um, and I was covering everything from you know school board meetings, city hall. Uh, local sports, uh, but I always did kind of gravitate toward, um, you know, business and uh, just happened to see a job ad for Transport Topics. You know, they had a entry-level job opening. Uh, this is, again, about 12 years ago. And at the time, it was kind of just a lateral move for me, uh, but it seemed interesting. It, it seemed like a better track. I got into it and I just, like I said, kind of just stumbled into it, but, you know, I stumbled. It was just a great fit. You know, I still enjoy the the big, huge, uh, you know, transport topics uh, uh, that comes in the mail. Um, what right. I find myself doing is I I sort of follow it online during the week, and then either on the weekend or when uh, Letty and I get back from a you know road trip, I'll find myself with a coffee or a beer and in in that big publication, right? So, but we're definitely moving from print to, to other multimedia with things like these podcasts and whatever. I sure. mean. What are you, how is that showing up for, for you? Sort of give us the insight yeah. on, uh, on, on how you do what you do and, and why you do what you do. I'm 40 years old, so I'm, a, I'm an old millennial. Um, so I'm sort of a digital native, but I also, you know, kind of grew up in the, the more uh, print and, and uh, uh, you know, manual world as well. Uh, so I, you know, my training, my school uh, was primarily in traditional print journalism, and that's still uh, you know, the lion's share of what I do, but, uh, you know, the, the same work that we do, you know, for the print publication, uh, you know, weekly publication is is much the same as, as we uh, produce for the web as well. I think there's a different expectation and also uh, different value for the different uh, mediums. Uh, I think that your example of, you know, kind of sitting down with a cup of coffee, you know, with a print version is is a typical experience where, uh, you know, as we think about you know, how we're putting the newspaper or a magazine together, you know, we're thinking about, okay, chances are this is where, you know, the reader has a chance to, to sit back and, and spend some time at breakfast or maybe a lunch break and really kind of dive into it. Uh, and then the web, of course, is where, you know, we, we really prioritize breaking news. You know, it's not all, you know, Knight Swift, you know, acquiring uh, U.S. Express. It's uh, whatever the uh, latest turn of the screw may be in you know regulation or uh, yeah. other industry news that pops up but it's more immediate of course online and we found of course that um you know there's of course a shift toward online uh yeah we still see a strong place for print but it's just an understanding that it can never be as immediate as the web uh so it's, it's maybe a little bit more long form a little bit more uh you know thought pieces that are a little bit more evergreen than mm -hmm. you know the web 
and yeah, more and more multimedia. You know, I was never you know classically trained in the world of you know audio recording or uh, even public speaking. But after eleven plus almost twelve years, I now find myself uh, more and more speaking at industry events, moderating panels um, on stage. Uh, of course, uh, we have our own podcast uh, called Transport Topics Road Signs. Uh, and of course, Mike, you've been a guest before. Uh, we do multimedia um, you know, webinars and and you know, video uh, reporting yeah. from conferences. It's really interesting. I think um, it makes me think that that kind of I look at what I do. I right, you know whether whether it's um, finding something online or looking at newsletters, that sort of thing. I do want the the latest, but when I do that, I don't have time to to really spend time with it unless it's like huge news related to what I'm doing. But um, right. oftentimes, whether it's uh, the print or whether it's listening to a podcast that's interesting or a recorded webinar, I mean, I will find myself, you know, having calendar time again, whether it's, you know, early morning or in the evening or, or, or maybe it's a long lunch or something where you just uh, say, okay, I want to, I want to experience or understand that deeper. And then you schedule some time to go do it. Just like we always maybe scheduled time for the, for the, uh, the newspaper. Um, now we're doing that with some of these other media things like podcasts or recorded sure. webinars or various different things. So, um, really interesting. Um, Hey, I want to ask you though, you know, how you see the industry, you know, you said a few minutes ago that, you know, some of these things, battery trucks, self-driving trucks, on and on. We wouldn't have even thought about five or 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, it just feels like um, we're in some some really crazy times with trucking. And I use the word crazy and we use, well, we, we call the messy middle, you know, it's so messy. Um, you know, I, I think there's always, uh, whatever our careers is, there's always change going on and so forth. But this feels bigger. It feels like there's, there's yeah. more more reward and, and more risk for, for the right decisions. And it just makes our work um, so much more important to educate and inform and sort of lead the industry. Um, first of all, uh, you know, we've, we've sort of talked about that responsibility already, but um, how, how do you view and, and how do you, the people you interview and so forth, I mean, how are they viewing these times in trucking? Yeah. Well, I certainly agree with you. And I think most of our readers and most of the folks I talk to uh, would also agree that, you know, this is a transformative time for the trucking industry. I mean, there are, are so many changes happening. And we see it um, in terms of the equipment that these companies are using to move the freight. Uh, of course, uh, I mentioned battery electric. Uh, there's other technologies that are either on the market or in development, like hydrogen fuel cell, um, you know, renewable fuels, um, natural gas. Uh, so many different options that are either available or are you know, becoming available in, in the coming years. So, you know, it's, it's no longer, you know, a, a standard default choice that everything will be diesel, um, you know, and speaking of diesel, diesel engines are going to get more and more complex uh, with some of the regulations and further uh, steps for emissions that are on the books now from EPA and, and CARB. Um, so, even you know the standard diesel engine is going to get more and more complex and uh, cleaner uh, as well. Uh, but there's a whole lot to to sort through. There's a whole lot to prepare for, uh, regardless of which side of the business you're on. If you're a driver, if you're a fleet manager, if you're a dispatcher, if you're in the maintenance shop, you know your world is changing. Uh, other technologies you mentioned, you know, automated driving. 
Uh, we've seen you know, the driver assist technology get better and better and, and more sophisticated. And uh, also we have the startups and technology companies that are pushing hard to make level four autonomous trucks a reality in certain lanes. Uh, that's been a, a long road, um, but we also see so much investment. Um, so uh, it would be very fascinating to see you know, if that can scale up uh, gradually uh, in, in the coming years. Uh, but yeah, just just so many things to keep keep track of. Right. Plus, you have the you know the shipper demands and the consumer demands are changing. Uh, you have more and more e-commerce and you know desire for uh, either you know next day, two day, or even same day delivery for certain products. Uh, there's just so many things that are changing. Uh, plus, this push for sustainability that's not only coming from the, the government but also from major shippers you know very large corporations that have you know their esg goals and they're uh, looking at their supply chain as a way to reduce their scope three emissions that's all stuff that trucking companies are going to have to deal with so it's just so many things happening on so many different fronts all at the same time uh compared to 10 years ago i think it was a lot easier to manage a trucking company than it is now yeah you know i think about um I always challenge myself to to say, you know, okay, is because the time we're in always seems, you know, tough and complex and and challenging, uh, no matter what the situation is. But um, I, I I think you're right. I mean, I am very proud of this industry because I, I you know, I, if I was to look forward, let's just, I mean, if we think we're back ten years ago, and we, you and I, uh, said, well, what if? You know, we had this and we had that and we had the other, you know, we had uh, people driving a battery electric truck 500 miles on a single charge or, um, you know, the autonomous trips. And and I think I would have said back 10 years ago that the industry would be going, oh, my God, um, and almost have a deer in the headlights, not know what to do with it and be pretty. I mean, I think the industry's always been fairly innovative and fairly open to change, mm -hmm. but also you know, slow to change and that, you know, we got a big responsibility moving goods and, and getting it there when it needs to be there um, from shipping pandemic uh, virus, you know, vaccines to, to, uh, you know, the food and clothing and everything we've got to move. Um, and so I'm pretty proud of the industry. I think it's, it's, um, it's accepting change and it's looking at technology in a different way, not so scared of it. I, you know, I, I go back to some of the early, you know, PM and Knox um, regulations where we were like, oh my God, you know, how are we going to do this? <laughs> and now we we have similar type challenges and there's not quite the uh, apprehension, you know, of it. Um, does that feel that way to you too? Yeah, I think so. Um, I will say that, you know, it, it kind of depends also on the, the size and, and the scope and the capabilities and the resources of the company, uh, you know, given the you know, even though we've seen consolidation, this is still a very, very fragmented industry, and, and most companies are operating on uh, thin margins. Yeah. Uh, so it can be pretty intimidating to to see these big changes and, and what does this mean for you know my company? Uh, but you know this industry has been through it before, as you mentioned. You know you mentioned sort of the uh, introduction of you know diesel particulate filters and then SCR. You know big changes. Um, you know more than a, you know a decade ago now. But uh, you know, now that we see this, you know, more big changes on the on the horizon, uh, you know, the industry 
uh, you know, we'll find ways. I mean, uh, cause it has to, um, yeah. you know, like the, the freight needs to move. Um, somebody's going to do it. And, uh, you know, the companies that find ways to navigate, you know, this terrain are the ones that are going to either keep doing it or, or will grow and, and acquire some of their, uh, competitors. Something I really did want to ask you about, and it kind of, um, follows on to this discussion. It's about the, you know, the many startups and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that are, uh, you know, that are in our space, whether it's, you know, Tesla bringing a, a semi to the market or um, this, uh, you know, uh, autonomous technologies. Um, there's other like connectivity and load matching, uh, things like Uber Freight. I mean, these are these are like, you know, big organizations that have chose to bring products to trucking. Right. And and, and we still have, we got a little bit of a young bull, old bull going on, right? We still have all of the <laughs> the continued uh, players who know the market really well, the Freightliners, Internationals, Cummins, Dana Meritor. I mean, you know, we've got all of those. Uh, is that a healthy mix going on right now? And um, you got any, um, like, inter- what, what are your interesting thoughts around uh, the, the mix of players? Yeah, well, I think it is a great mix, and I think it's great for the industry. Uh, it's great for innovation. Uh, I think it will push the industry forward. Uh, of course, like you mentioned, there are all these you know, longstanding uh, manufacturers and suppliers and technology developers who have uh, been doing this for, for many decades uh, and, and more. Uh, but we've fairly recently seen this big push, this influx of uh, tech startups that are getting into uh, the transportation industry, just big technology companies that are entering the transportation space. Uh, this is now a you know, more and more attractive opportunity that entrepreneurs and innovators see. And it's tough because, you know, it, it is it's not easy to break into this market. I mean, so much is name recognition and trust. And, and uh, you really do need to know the domain very well. Um, some of the companies have managed to do that. And we've seen some startups that have been very successful, you know, say on the you know, heels of the ELD mandate. Um, others have tried and failed, of course, and that's the nature of startups. And it's a tough time right now in the technology space, I think, uh, given the sort of the macroeconomic conditions. Uh, but, you know, this, this mix of, you know, these, these newcomers that are uh, putting a lot of investment and innovation into the, the marketplace uh, also keeps, you know, the incumbents honest and they continue yeah. to innovate, of course, as well. I think we've got a long history in trucking of being pretty collaborative. So I think, um, uh, you know, a lot of development will happen around the truck OEMs directly to the fleets with, you know, component manufacturers developing things, working with the fleets and then coming back into the to the to the vehicles. Um, I think, you know, just the collaboration between universities and engineering Mm -hmm. firms with the industry and all that's been all that like long history has been really helpful for uh, the organization and the trucking org- trucking industry to uh, to accept these these new ideas and players and so forth. So, hey, Seth, as we close out, I mean, what's your advice to, uh, you know, like the broad industry yeah. as we navigate these times? Yeah, I mean, I guess the simplest advice uh, would just be to, you know, don't be complacent, you know, don't be comfortable because change is coming. Um, all business you know, across pretty much any industry, it will need to change over time. But, you know, there's a lot of that coming, um, you know, down the pike in the transportation industry. So uh, I would just say really stay on top of uh, what the changes you see, you know, whether it's regulations or uh, technologies, you know, changes to equipment, 
the changes that your customers are asking for. Uh, be open to the possibilities because you know the future is going to be different. You know, your your company in ten years from now uh, could be quite different, and uh, be open to that and and really spend some time to to dive into what that future might look like. Very good, Seth. Thank you uh, for joining us. It's been uh, it's been a, a great chat. I learned a little from you as well. So um, thanks for being on. Of course. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I'll see you at another trade show soon, I'm sure. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support NACFI's work, please visit nacfi.org support and click on the donate button. Thank you in advance.